he covered me. His hand of protection was all around me. That means my mind, my body, my spirit, and my soul. He covered me. We want to thank Pastor Wesley for giving us this opportunity to stand behind this space here at the Alpha Street Baptist Church. For surely it's not a, a moment we take lightly. We ask if you would read with me our scripture lesson this morning, coming from the second book of Kings, the second chapter, beginning at verse 1. Second Kings, the second chapter, beginning at verse 1, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gagal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep quiet. Then Elijah said unto him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you over you today? So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, as Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so that the two of them could cross over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. Elisha said, please let me double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. 
and separated the two of them. With horse, separate the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into, he, into heaven. And Elijah saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that way. And Elijah crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were born from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Amen. Most heavenly and gracious Father, we do thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For God, we realize the preaching cannot be done. And to you, the preacher, have come. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Have your way in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to use for a topic this morning from all that scripture we just read. Blessed be the tie that binds. Blessed be the tie that binds. We live in a world where you can connect yourself to just about anything, anyone, for any reason or any purpose. Whatever your interest is, there's at least one other person who has the same interests. There's a meetup group for everything and everyone. And we have a tendency to connect based on what we like or dislike or who we like or dislike. The genre of music, jazz, classical, R&B, Motown, soul, blues, gospel today and gospel before today. Or there's movies, comedy, drama, love, uh, horror, or a good old-fashioned Bruce Lee flick. You know the ones where the screen, the mouth is moving and the sound's coming at opposite times. Uh, we're drawn to different kinds of coffees that we drink and teas. Perked coffee, instant coffee, French press coffee, coffee bags, that just don't sound right. Dark or medium roast beans, Colombian beans, African beans, Ethiopian beans. We, we're drawn to different kinds of teas. Do you like loose tea or do you like bag tea? Do you like green tea or black tea? Do you like your tea hot or cold, with or without cream? And we can't leave out those persons that we call foodies. Those who like to prepare a meal and those who like to just enjoy a good meal. Even in that, there's a subculture. Do you like Greek? you like Italian? You like Jamaican, you like seafood, you like fish, you like meat, you like, are you a vegan? Is, it, is the Asian food authentic or is it American Asian? <laughs> we have our organizations, we have the Lynx and the Jack and Jills and the sororities, fraternities, the Eastern Stars, the Masons, and those societies that we don't even talk about. There are dating apps that will help you get hooked up with somebody, whether you want to be hooked up or not, because they said you have something in common. 
And so they put you together because of the, the common interest. At least that's what the advertisement says anyway. <laughs> Even here at the Alfred Street Baptist Church, uh, we have 80 plus ministries which people with common interests joined. And it is unfortunate. We have a U.S. administration that is united by lies and corruption and deception and racism and the hateful disdain of black and brown people. But when you're thinking about joining or, or connecting with a group or individual, uh, do you stop to ask yourself what exactly it is that you are looking for? What is it about that person or that group that has drawn you to them? Like, why join a chess club when you know you have adult ADD? Uh, was there a moment, a calling, a yearning, a desire that pulled you into that particular direction, to that particular group, to that particular individual? Or did something simply just happen? And now you're bound with a commitment you never saw coming. You're consumed with passion for something or someone that you did not know could exist for your life. You've seen it in others. You've heard their stories. They had an encounter, an experience that now they just cannot do without. I'm positive that's happening here at the Alpha Street Baptist Church. In our villages, the connection of community has made such a difference and an impact in somebody's life that now they need more and want more village time. I believe it's happened in our missions ministry where people were introduced to seeing the suffering of others and feel like they just cannot do more than what they do on one Saturday in a month. Well, I contend this morning this unknown burning, this pulling, is what Elijah experienced in 1 Kings 19. Latter part of 1 Kings 19, Elijah is given directives, and God lets him know that Elijah is going to be his successor. And when Elijah first encounters Elijah, he throws his mantle upon him. And I believe when that happened, Elijah knew immediately there was something unique about the cloak that Elijah had rested upon him. He sensed in his spirit something like he never experienced before. Uh, there was a song back in the day that said, uh, something got a hold of me. I went to the meeting one night and my, my soul, my soul, my soul called on fire. Something got a hold of me. Elijah's soul experienced the, the presence of the divine. For this reason, he told Elijah, I'm, I'm coming with you. Don't leave me. Give me a quick moment to go home and make provisions for my people. But Elijah, I am coming with you. Elijah responded kind of weird the way the text is written. But when I went back to the Hebrew and original language, it says, go ahead, go back home, hurry up, make it quick. And so Elijah went back home, took care of his family. He fed him, made provisions, and told him, I'll see y'all later. Because whatever Elijah had encountered, he wanted to, to be, he wanted more of it, and he knew he had to be in close proximity of Elijah. God used Elijah in unusual and unconventional ways. 
The scripture tells us in a still small voice or the sound of silence. Fire from heaven or a rainstorm after the drought. God colored outside the lines with Elijah. There was no set pattern, no particular way of how he used Elijah to display the manifestation of God's own presence. And perhaps Elijah already had heard of the acts of this ministry and thought that when Elijah had thrown his cloak on him that, that something was up and something was afoot. He couldn't put his hand on it, but he knew he had to be where he was because he knew how God had used Elijah time and time and time again. Now, I must be honest, I struggle with this text just a little bit uh, because I couldn't understand why the prophet was throwing the mantle on Elijah instead of placing the coke on him. And I've somewhat concluded, this is my own conclusion, that at that moment it was more about Elijah than Elisha. God had given Elijah three, a threefold task. Anoint Hazel as king of Assyria, anoint Jehu as king of Israel, and anoint Elijah as the prophet to take your place. Perhaps that, perhaps that last directive didn't sit too well with the prophet. A replacement sounds a little bit like a pink slipper. You, you know, when, 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 when you are, you know how we are. We, we think that uh, if we're in a process uh, or a place we may lose our position, lose our status, lose our leadership, lose our value, lose our power and authority, you know, when the clipboard is being taken away. We have a way of consciously and subconsciously sabotaging the process. Uh, some scholars suggest that although Elijah was a humble prophet, like most of us, he had his issues. He had his struggles. It's thought that he had moments of anxiety. Even when he had victories, he felt like a failure. He wanted to give up. There were times when he just felt burnt out, Pastor, tired and depressed. And some of the commentaries even said he was even suicidal. But yet and still, God kept calling on Elijah to go and do the work. And every time God called on Elijah, to come and do the work. He showed up and God moved mightily because he was faithful to his call. But just maybe on this day, Elijah was having a moment. And that's why he threw the mantle on Elijah and kept it moving. He didn't want to have to face and deal with the fact that he was on his way out. You know how we are. And let's be honest, some of us have had moments like that just this week. The promotion you knew was yours absolutely went to someone else. And who that absolutely someone else is, you now have to train. Uh, some of us had that moment just this morning, and we're surprised we even here in the house of God. We, we have moments, we have moments, we have moments. The prophet's task was to anoint Elisha as his replacement. There was nothing conditional about the assignment, which means to me it was a sure enough promise of God that Elisha will be prophet. And God will always make sure 
that his promises are fulfilled. Whether we agree with the assignment or not, Elijah's response, I believe, was God's way of holding Elijah accountable for the preparation and the training of Elijah to become prophet. Without hesitation, the text says, and with urgency, Elijah said, I'm coming with you. Many of us don't like God's processes. Many of us don't like God's instructions, which makes no sense to me. Because I've come to learn that when we follow the instructions and when we follow the directives of God, we are clearly ensuring the manifestation of God's promises. Blessed be the tie of the promise of Elijah's, as Elijah, as Elijah's successor, as their binding force. In our primary text in 2 Kings 2, we find Elijah and Elisha about to embark on a college tour to the school of prophets in Gilgal, Bethel, and Jericho. <laughs> Elijah knew his time was just about over, and he wanted to go check on the sons of the prophets, the prophets in training, the PITs. And there was Elisha right on the heels of Elijah. And each time the prophet was about to depart to the next city, he asked Elijah, stay behind, dude. But the prophet in training said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going with you as long as there's breath in your body. As long as you are alive, I am with you. Elisha was determined. He had purpose in his heart that he was gonna learn all that he could. He was not going to waste any time. He was not going to miss this opportunity, but take advantage of the mentorship and the leadership of Elijah. The PITs joked Elijah. Each time they remind him, man, don't you know your mentor is about to go? Don't you know he's not going to be over you anymore? Basically, you can do whatever you want to do. But Elijah knew the worth and the significance of his time with Elijah and shut him down. He said, yeah, I know, but be quiet. I am focused, I, I'm going somewhere. And so I, I, I don't wanna miss the purpose of this journey, even if it is a field trip to come see you guys. And sometimes we get sidetracked by the obvious and miss the lesson. There's always more than the eye can see. And sometimes we think we know it all. And sometimes our heads are too hard for our own good. And sometimes our intelligence is the source of our ignorance. God has a purpose and God has a plan. And the scripture tells us his ways are not our ways. And we try to do things ourselves. And when we try to do it on our own, doors are shut and doors are blocked because we try to do it without the intervention in God's influence. Some of us are listening to, to, to people in our ears, our so-called friends who are encouraging us with our goals and with our plans and with our visions, but that friend don't even know who God is. That friend don't have a vision for their life. That friend's just living to be living without any person. And we have to know, and you have to know that you know that you know that you know that there's always a purpose in the journey. Yeah. 
We serve a God who gives visions. We serve a God who is clear in his directives. We serve a God who's declared for if you, I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. We serve a God who has declared that if you ask for something and if it does not exist, I will create it just for you. We serve a God who's declared, I know the plans for you, a plan of prosperity, a plan of security, a plan of hope, and a plan of a future. We've got to be careful. We have to be careful who we say or who says they're in our corners. We have to be careful who says that they've got your back. You have to be careful or who you share your vision and your thought. I don't care, you've been friends for 50 years. You have to be careful who you share yourself with. Because when God's trying to do a new thing in your life, sometimes that means a new location, and sometimes that means some new faces, and sometimes that means a new you. You've got to know your purpose. You've got to know why you are where you are at this season in your life. Blessed be the time of purpose as a binding force. Elijah's persistent paid off. His humility in knowing the purpose of a mentee, a prophet in training in the service of his mentor, the prophet, and his desire to excel with integrity opened the door and positioned him to receive the promise as Elijah's successor. Listen to what the text says. The prophet asked his mentee, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha replied, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Elijah replied, that is a hard ass dude. However, if you see me when I'm taken away, it'll be yours. Otherwise, it's not. What is this double portion of the prophet's spirit that Elisha is asking? Double portion is a legal right of the firstborn to be treated as the primary and principal heir. Therefore, entitle him to double the portion, two-thirds of their heritage. But Elisha did not need wealth. He already had that. He did not need to be recognized as the son of the prophet. He was already known. No, his request was for a double portion of the prophet's spirit. Uh, he wanted to receive the charisma, the charm, the personality, the swag. There can be a portion and transfer to others. He wanted to possess the tools and the means that Elijah had as prophet. Elisha was wise as he knew it was not uh, in the things or even the miracles, but he knew it was the anointing that was on the prophet's life which made a difference. And so this is why we find Elijah's response, that's a hard ask. Yeah, it's a hard ask for him because this spirit, 
This anointing was not his to give. If Elijah wanted this double portion, he had to be in position. He had to be in the right place, at the right time, with the right attitude, and with the right expectation. And because he was in position, that he was in the right place, at the right time, uh, with the right attitude, and the right expectation, he received more than what he asked for. God gave him a glimpse of what his ministry would look like. The chariot of fire with horses of fire. The chariot of Israel and its horsemen was representation of the holy war to come and the role that he would play and have in Israel's war and the power that he would have. The text tells us that Elisha mourned when he saw Elijah be taken out. And I'm not sure he was mourning because he lost his prophet. I'm not sure he was mourning because he knew that the war was about to occur. And I'm not even sure if he was mourning because of his new assignment. But he picked up the mantle of Elijah. The transference of this prophetic cloak was upon him. And the pledge uh, was for, to him for being appointed the successor. Uh, this picking up of the mantle also was an outward sign uh, to others that the spirit of Elijah was now covering him. And God, true to who God is, confirmed this succession. He confirmed this power. Elijah used the mantle on the River Jordan. The waters opened. And this was evidence that the God of Elijah was now with him. God being God, he allowed the boys, the, 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 the prophets in training, to be a witness at Jericho. And they had no other choice but recognize that Elijah was now the prophet of Israel. Blessed be the tie of position as a binding force. But what exactly is the tie which binds Elijah and Elisha? What is the, the comic, cosmic connection? Well, I would say my three points were pretty good. Promise, purpose, and position. However, I'm certain that what seals their relationship in the promise, the purpose, and position is the presence of God that was in, with them in the covering of the mantle. And let's talk about this mantle for a few minutes. A large sleeveless garment, which adapts to the person's body, not by cutting, not by fitting, not by measuring, but simply by wrapping the cloth around the body and holding it with ties. I kind of reminds me, reminds me of the scripture when it says that Jesus was wrapped in a swaddling cough. This, this mantle, this mantle is considered a covering, a, a protection. To have the mantle removed signifies you've lost your status. To have the mantle uh, signifies power has been passed over and how it's passed on is by even the mantle being received or by touching. This mantle is known as the distinctive clothing of the prophet and the physical means by which the prophet, prophetic power is transferred. 
the Hebrew word adareth, splendor, magnificence, and glory, wrapped in the prophet's garb, wrapped in the prophet's robe. Yes, this mantle is revealing the presence of God's glory, his strength, and his greatness, its movement as it enters and as it Hoover's God's glory, his presence shows up where it wants to show up, how it wants to show up, when it is expected to. The scripture tells us it showed up on Mount Sinai. The scripture tells us that it showed up at the tent of meetings. And the scripture tells us that it hovers over the temple. Isaiah 6 calls the glory of God's glory, portrays it as the presence in the train the robe, the mantle that filled the temple. The theological implication, Reverend Marcia, of God's glory is a sign of his presence to bless and legitimize his leaders. Elisha received a double portion of this blessing. The mantle was put on him, and he also touched it when he picked up the mantle when it fell from Elisha. When he picked it up, when he picked it up, he was accepting his assignment as a prophet. There was no probation period. The work began immediately. The text tells us that Elijah used, as Elijah used a mantle to open the path of the Jordan, so did Elisha. And it reminds me of Joshua, the third chapter, where God exalted him and directing the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan. And as soon as the feet of the priest touched the edge of the Jordan, the flow of the water, it stopped. And the children of Israel were able to cross over on dry land. It's something, it's something, it's something, it's something about being in the presence of God. Elijah had the mantle, the priest had the ark. They both were in position at the right time, at the right place, with the right attitude and with the right expectation. What has God given you to carry? What is in your heart? What is in your mind? What is in your spirit that will allow the glory of God and the presence of God to be manifested in your life? What ties bind you to the glory of God? Are you expecting, are you even expecting anything from God? Are you expecting God's presence to be with you? Are you expecting God's glory to hover over you, even if it is a field trip to the schools of prophet? In the transitions of your life, be mindful, be watchful, be prayerful of who you want as a mentor. Uh, be mindful and be prayerful of who you want to follow. Uh, you need to ask God, who has he already placed in your life to move you towards the promise? Who, who has he already placed in your life to, to help carry you through to the place that he's already ordained from you? The scriptures tell me that Joshua had Moses and Barak had Deborah and David had Jonathan and Nathan and Ruth and Naomi had themselves. And this preacher standing before you had a Barbara, Ella, a Karen, and an Evelyn who was praying for them. A praying grandmother who shaped me in the, the womb of my mother when she tagged me Hezekiah John. And, and today we have a Jesus the Christ uh, who was tied to the old rugged cross. Uh, he was tied to our sin. 
It tied him to death. It tied him to the grave. He's also tied him early Sunday morning when he got up with all power in his hands. Tying us to salvation and to the good news and the grace and mercy of Jesus the Christ. Blessed be the ties that bind our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above.